Welcome to the second of the series on new media and civic art. This was a project to sort of explore this area, which is constantly changing. It's a dynamic area. <coughs> and civic art has the potential to transcend barriers that prose and journalism and so forth can transcend. It moves across all these realms and barriers. So uh, this was part of the premise for this uh, project. But it so happens that CMSW and ATT share this area of interest. Uh, they do things a little differently, but they both have a passion and interest in civic art. Uh, ACT, uh, I, I, when I first came to MIT years ago, I met Muriel Cooper in, at the Visible Language Workshop. Uh, and I remember her work very well. But she was uh, very interested in a lot of the same things I was interested in as I came into the program on writing in humanistic studies. So we interacted many times uh, in the early years. But uh, uh, since I've, I've got to know Germinas and some of the other people in ACT, <clears throat> and I've always felt that there was this rich resonance between our programs that uh, comes from similar kinds of interests. Uh, so this is the second of a series. Uh, it's a four-part series. Uh, Marissa has just arrived. That was co-organized by ACT and CMSW. And tonight uh, we have uh, Daniel Bacchieri, who is... Uh, one of the organizers and producers of the Street Music Map platform, which you are going to hear about tonight. Uh, and we will have uh, a couple of respondents. Uh, tonight we'll have uh, Laura Bellotti from ACT and uh, Rekha Malhotra from CMSW. And they will be responding to uh, presentations. And uh, I will. Uh, turn it over to Vivek Ball now. Professor Ball is a uh, faculty member in CMSW, and he'll give us an introduction to Daniel's presentation. So, uh, first, I just want to thank um, Jim and Marissa for their vision and putting together this series. It's really um, just uh, you know, produced a new kind of center of uh, energy and excitement within. <laughs> that, that is, we're lucky to have sort of embedded within the, the CMS colloquium series, uh, uh, which is kind of generating some energy. So um, it's it's really wonderful, and, and um, many thanks to them for making this happen. Um, Daniel Papieri is an award-winning Brazilian journalist, documentary filmmaker, and collaborative web developer. Today we'll have a chance to hear about and experience his inspiring street map music, street music map platform, um, which has been widely praised for its curation of street performers from across the world. Combining a documentarian's vision with a transcultural appreciation of the public art of vernacular musicians, the street music map collaborators are exploring the creative possibilities of collective storytelling. Street Music Map Instagram channel now has more than 41,000 followers and 1,300 artists documented on video in 97 countries. 
all filmed by more than 700 collaborators. So it's truly an awesome project that beautifully harnesses the affordances of the web, of mapping technologies, of handheld digital cameras, um, and of crowdsourcing and co-creation. Um, we're going to experience a lot tonight, so I don't want to take too much time, but we'd like to just pass things over to Daniel. And thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I want to thank you, Professor Jim, for the invitation. It's a, it's a really honor to be here and uh, really happy to share uh, my research on street music with you guys. And uh, to start, I would like to rewind 20 years and uh, to show a little bit of my background as a journalist. And uh, I'm the guy with the wannabe Watergate guy there, you know? <laughs> and uh, that was in 1998, my journalism class. And I start as a reporter and a producer. And uh, most, I always try to cover entertainment, culture, and sports and my passion on music and four years ago I started a project called Street Music Map. My inspiration was in a trip I was in Kiev, Ukraine and I saw a musician playing the streets. I was decided to take a picture but a few weeks ago Instagram uh, had uh, the, the video option. So I tried, well, since I'm watching a musician playing, why not making a video instead of a picture, you know? And then, that was my first video about street musicians that I post on my personal account. After that trip to Ukraine, I moved from Porto Alegre, in the south of Brazil, to Sao Paulo. And since 2013, I live nearby a subway station that usually uh, features a lot of street musicians uh, around Avenida Paulista, Paulista Avenue. And then I start to make a couple of videos and uploading on my personal Insta Instagram account. So that time, that moment, the project was Street Microdocs. That was the name. And it was about pictures and videos about street musicians. I went to get some lunch. I spoke with a great friend of mine called Max Laux. I showed him about this series of street musicians that I was building on my personal account. And he told me just one single thing. Why don't you open an official account to this series? Don't upload on your personal one. Build your own channel about street music. And then I built Street Music Map as the official Instagram account in late January 2014. Since then, more than 1,400 street musicians 
are already geolocated on street music map. And we do have more than 41,000 followers on Instagram. The first official post on street music map was in January 2014, filmed at Paulista Avenue. And since the beginning, I started sharing street musicians that I filmed by myself. But on day two, a friend of a friend started talking to me like, oh, I was just traveling, I saw this musician, I have a video on my, my cell phone, can I send to you? And Street Music Map episode number 12 was from Paris. And then I start to realize that street music map goes beyond music, you know, because I have the feedback and the coincidence, the, the person who, who, did, who, who gave me this feedback, she's from Boston. And uh, I even, I, I talked to her today, but she, she, she has to work, she couldn't come here. But the feedback that she gave me was, I was uh, sharing several videos from different street musicians from several African countries. And she thanked me because she was uh, able to teach uh, her students who, uh, who were deaf or mute about different cultures from the body language of the street musicians, you know. So it was not about the music, it was about the, it was about the body language. And here's a, an example from the coast of Ivory Coast and uh, a seven-man band performing in the beach. <laughs> And today, here's the street music map right now. You know. I update on a daily basis. And the step one was sharing the content on Instagram. Step two was geolocate the videos on Google Maps. And this geolocation I do by myself manually so I can get an accurate position of the performance. You know. Sometimes I don't know where the musician actually played, and I tried to figure out as a detective in the picture, you know. I saw there was a guy playing in San Francisco, and I saw there was a phone number on the back. I copy-paste the phone number of Google search, and I realized, oh, that's, he was playing in, in front of this star that has this number, you know. Then I put <laughs> I geolocated. And few numbers, we have, right now, we do have 1,409 videos. There is 
a lot of street musicians from Brazil, US, UK, Italy, Germany, and France. And uh, until now, 97 countries are already represented into the map. When you talk about cities, there is Sao Paulo, New York, London, Rio, Austin, and Paris. And Austin uh, owns a lot to South by Southwest. That's the moment where the musicians go to the streets in Austin and go out from the venues, you know. And then I realized to identify some geographic patterns relating music and avenues and subways. So if you take New York City, it's all about subway stations, public squares, and parks when it's not cold. London, the same. Paris, as well. So we do have a pattern in these big cities with a healthy public system of transportation. And in New York, we do have the MTA Music, it's an organization from the subway. In London, we do have the Busking London program that's related to the mayor of London. And in Paris, it's the organization related to the subway as well. If you take Sao Paulo, for example, Istanbul and Melbourne, we do have these large avenues, business, dis business commercial districts, that we, that's where the musicians, the street musicians, feel more comfortable to play, you know. So there is a new pattern you can see in these three big cities around the world. There is an example of Rio de Janeiro, New Orleans, and Los Angeles. It's about the specific regions, you know. Rio de Janeiro, it's, it's south side, it's by the beach, and downtown. If you go to New Orleans, it's about the French district. If you go to LA, it's about Santa Monica Pier and Santa Monica Promenade. And you see, when you don't have a powerful subway system, you need to go where people are passing by, right? So you take these examples that's by the beach or this unique example of New Orleans that there's this entire city and this beautiful neighborhood that's all about music. We have a, about Boston, I start to geolocate musicians in Boston and we can realize that Harvard Square, Boston Common, and the subway stations, you can see a lot of street musicians in Boston and Cambridge. Here's a number that I need to share because this number demands a whole symposium about it. We have 1,409 videos geolocated around the planet. This represents only 10% of female artists. This is surreal, this is bizarre. And I thought this number, well, this is just like a sample, you know. I don't have the whole planet in the map. But when I go outside 
And when I share this number with expertise on music and street music and culture, the feedback that I, ha I have is like, yeah, it's pretty much this. Maybe it's not 10, maybe it's 15, but if it's not 50-50, something is really wrong, you know? So, and I, I start to realize, you know, like I was playing with my Excel, you know, like, let's see which more information I can get from here. Hmm, let's do the male and female stats, you know? And then I realize, that's not good. Besides the street music map featuring street musicians in each P, I started to identify street music festivals. And uh, there's, really, there's two big sources here that I'd like to, to share. is a site called Busker Central and a project called The Busking Project. And we do have at least 176 events around the planet about street music. And you see that Europe and North America uh, illustrates a lot. And uh, when you talk about countries, there is Australia, well represented. And of course, I really want to get deep into Asia and Africa. After the maps, after the Instagram, last year I was able to attend a program at CUNY in New York, an entrepreneur journalism program called the Tall, the Tall Night. And I was able uh, to, to study in New York for six months and to start to interview the street musicians in the streets. So I build, I create a podcast called Street Music Map Radio. So are, there are short docs about street musicians where I do interview the musician in the street. I record them playing live in the streets and if, we, if they do have some material from the studio, I edit into an episode. I'd like to share one of, one of these episodes with Alice Stain Ridley, a uh, singer from New York, and uh, I edit a short cut here. I record her performing on Times Square and then I book an interview with her nearby her house in Harlem. So I record her uh, in a park. It was on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, let's see if we, if we can listen. She's singing in Times Square.
it's like crying. And you know, when you cry, you have a good cry. And after that good cry, everything is over. You're solid again, and you're moving on. That's how a song is too. Songs help you to remember how you were four or five years ago and how you are today, you know? So I think it's something that can benefit me and also benefit the listener. Sing a capella in Harlem. And then from the podcast, I start to identify the street musicians with material on Spotify. So I start to create playlists, customized playlists featuring street musicians from different countries and different cities. And these were the first playlists about street music on, spot, on Spotify itself. A few years ago, I was curating a street music festival in Sao Paulo. They invited me to select some street bands to play in a pub square called Largo do Aroche in downtown Sao Paulo. And we decided to produce an album recorded live in the streets. So there was a street music festival and we were recording the performance live. And each band, we recorded nine bands and I would like to show one of the live cuts This band is called O Grande Grupo Viajante. Is a, is a street band from Brazil. And uh, this song was recorded live in a public square in Sao Paulo. And sometimes we forget that our, some of our biggest idols, they start in the street as well, you know. You get examples like B.B. King, Eric Clapton, James Joplin, Jay-Z. They started their career in the streets, you know. So Street Music Map is looking for the icons, you know, for the future. And in the last years, I start to identify some pretty awesome performance, you know. Uh, I remember that actually in 2014, I shared one of the videos of this musician from Melbourne called Tash Sultana. And uh, here I'm sharing a video from YouTube from 2015. She was playing in Burke Street, that street that I showed in the map a few slides ago. Here she's, she's playing in 2015. <laughs> 
here she's playing Lollapalooza 2018. And a few weeks ago, she was in Times Square in an ad brought to you by Spotify, like the new big deal, because she's brilliant. <laughs> and then we have an example. This is a video I made in Union Square, uh, January 2017. Too Many Zoos is the band. They, they, were, they, they played for years at Union Square, and this was last year. <laughs> And then, a few months after, they produce a, a music video, an official one. was huge and Google really liked them as well so they became Google soundtrack for the new pixel it was this was like January then March then May they were playing Union Square and they became a Google ad music and this one, one of the greatest new ones, pianists and composers, Benjamin Clementine, was playing in 2011 in, the, in Paris, in, a metro, in, in the metro. And then he went to Joe's Holland on BBC on 2013 and
and he was discovered by a by a headhunter like who saw him playing Bob Marley cover in Paris and he got called to return to UK he's from UK he started to recording and the first big appearance was in Joe's Holland and on that year 2013 he won a Mercury Prize for best new new name about the next steps on street music map uh, one goal is to develop the map you know putting more features you can find more about the street musicians you know you can share more about each one you can get musicians and, and fans connected wherever they are you know and if you have a motto it's global audience to local artists you know. and one of my dreams is to produce a 24-hour street music map festival a live streaming concert from 24 cities in 20 countries one lineup per hour one per city going full circle around the planet you know we can mix streaming we can mix smartphones we can use social network in the best way possible and you can build an audience wherever you are being an artist wherever you play it's all about collab more than 700 people already share and already hashtag street music map on social networks and that's why we do have a map featuring more than 1,400 street musicians my closest friends my closest partners into this project Teodoro Marques is the guy responsible for the design he's the one who built the logo Martin Rabalia is the one who built the second version of the street music map site that's it's a work in progress right now and to finish my my talk here I would like to play a short doc about busking and uh, it was recorded in Brazil a few years ago in a festival called Festival Path I was able to curate the street music stage and I, I interview a couple of street musicians they speak in Portuguese but we do have the subtitle in English here
coloca, às vezes, mais frequência, menos frequência, mas a gente sempre leva essa identidade, essa estética para o universo que a gente toca. Para a gente, começou com uma puta diversão, aí o negócio ficou um pouco mais sério. Aí a gente... Minha escuta também, a diversão é uma seriedade, né, cara? Então, trabalho. E assim, a rua é mais um espaço para mim desse trabalho. Trabalhando com o evento na rua, você divulga a coisa naturalmente. Ontem surgem uns contatos que dá para pedal para um monte de evento para a gente fazer. Thank you very much. So first we'll have Lara, then we'll have Reka, and, um, and then we'll open up for 
move their bodies through the world in public spaces <coughs> and with the level of safety and whatever and what kind of interactions they can have and and, and you know connecting that with the idea of like uh, I mean it was great when you had the, the artist of art from, from Australia there but like how does that figure in you know it, it's, it's pronounced how does that figure into the world of work um, and what what would happen with that going forward and it, it, you know is this is this um, something that we can think about in a larger way. Uh, the, other, the other thing that it brought up is the possibilities. I feel like this is sort of an intervention uh, that, that using existing corporate structures, such as Instagram and Facebook and global mapping, we created a community of sorts. How can, where does this community live outside of the campus? And this is where the research outside. And even though we feel like internet, uh, Instagram will be forever, what happens to this archive uh, is a question. How can we preserve these spontaneous moments away from them? Walking over here, we're thinking about the idea of running into uh, street music as spontaneity, and it preserves a sense of spontaneity. And how can we think of this outside of these structures? Um, other things, I mean, there was so much that you said, and there's so much also that Laura said. Um, just, I was also curious in the sense of where like in New York City, there is a official program, and you said in London, and, and as well as Paris, that there are some state-endorsed uh, um, programs for music, but there are also others that are not. And the criminalization of street music, and how does that affect um, you know, this project, or how can we be reminded that public space is not always public, um, and that there is a resistance involved in, in performing, and there's a resistance involved in curious uh, to see the project grow in the offline outcome and the exchanges not only between the musicians and a trajectory of uh, more success or commercialization as has been the case um, but also the connection between the musicians themselves um, so that's what you all have to say thank you so much thank you very much So guys, feel free. Yep. There's a, I, I do a lot of body language to not interrupt the act, you know. So, of course, if, if you are in the streets, nowadays a lot of people are filming, right? So, there is something that I do since day one, even though I know that a lot of people don't ask to start filming, I do. And that's make all the difference. It's not like you, you can be playing the drums and I... And I get, and then he knows all. He, he knows that I exist, you know? That I'm not like, like, like I'm not like, um, I'm not in the circus, you know? I'm not in the zoo, you know? And my second question is, for the street you showed in Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. you know that that street is of great sort of privilege, and uh, people who live or commute in those areas are usually people of part of the elite. So I'm wondering, had a chance to map out 
people or artists who were playing communities such as Avermas or other minority communities in the city of Sao Paulo? Yeah, there's, um, there's Paraisopolis in Sao Paulo. It's, uh, it's a peripheral uh, part of Sao Paulo, but really strong culturally. So there are some bands that play in Paulista that they already, they also play in the peripheral area. But that's true, it's, uh, in Sao Paulo we do have, it's highly concentrated in one big avenue and we, there is a lack of street music scene in other areas, you know, or not the media doesn't go there, you know. You are correct. I wonder how do you find those artists? Is there a way for the artists to participate in your project? How do I find? Yeah. I find, uh, if I have the chance to travel, I reach the musician in the street and I ask them to record and I, sh I film and I share. But I do a lot of digital research. So if I find a street musician with a material on Instagram or YouTube, I don't just share right away. I get in touch with the musician, I ask them if I can share, or I ask the person who filmed. So I try to credit everybody, you know, the filmmaker and the musician. In the beginning, I was not sharing, if I didn't know the name of the musician, I was like, I'm not gonna share this. But then I realized that a community was being built and I start to get help from, use, from followers, like, oh, there is a musician, uh, drummer playing in Paulista. I didn't have the name, and someone commented, hey, I know the guy, his name is this, you know. And then I update the credit, and I start to do this, you know, like a lot of, uh, I, do I do have a lot of help from the followers to build and to upgrade the content. Yeah, I'm glad to say that the feedback is, is really good, you know. And, uh, and since I once, I, once I identify the musicians, I try to follow the social network accounts, you know. So I get updates from everybody. And several times I, I can see like people communicating, you know, after it was posted on street music map, you know. A producer or a new fan or a band connecting with another band, you know. So I, uh, from, there is a 360 communication uh, going on, you know. From offline to online and to offline again, you know. Yes. Are, is that a, a focus or are, is there, are there really not many people that are playing on street corners? I, maybe, maybe I have a, a different sense of busking. For me, busking is street music. So like, if uh, the only rule that I made for myself in this project is like, has to be in the street playing some music, you know. 
And uh, for example, for instance, w during the World Cup in Brazil, 2014, I share a lot of uh, soccer supporters singing in the streets, you know. So there is like uh, British uh, fans singing the subway in, in Brazil. There are supporters from, from Algeria cheering in Algiers. And I, 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 I caught the, the, the moment. So there's this huge party in a public square in Algiers. And I share like, and, they are, I, and I put like artists equals Algerian fans after a go, you know, <laughs> because they were singing. So like, it's about, uh, it is about music. Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, select, I'm not uh, filtering other arts uh, being uh, made on streets because that was a choice in the beginning. Oh, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna choose this huge filter that's music already. <laughs> then um, that's, 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 how, that's why I became a street music map. And, Back in, in the beginning, it was street microdocs. Um, I have a question. I'm wondering if there's um, legal advocacy groups that um, support or defend or argue on behalf of um, street musicians. There is, there is one project that I, I, I quote uh, in one of the slides called the Busking Project. It's uh, created by Nick Broad. Uh, he's North American and he lives in Bogota right now. And his busking project uh, gathers a lot of street music law guidance, you know. And about laws regarding street music, it's not every country, it's like every little town has a different law about if you, if you can play or if you don't. I, I get a lot of feedback from street musicians in Europe that someone from Portugal that decided to play in a small town in Italy and there's like a post, oh man, I just got fined by 100 euros, I didn't know, you know. Because that little town, you're not supposed to play in that particular. Yeah, yeah, like, like on, on Facebook and Twitter, like people try to, hey guys, if you go to this little town, please don't play nearby, you know, the hospital. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, the, the tricky part, it's like every town has a different law, but we do have uh, particular sites that are aware about the laws and there's a festival uh, happening right now in Somerville called Honk Festival, and it's a strict activist festival. <laughs> they do care a lot about street musicians and about the laws and what you can do and what you can't, you know. Yeah, in Sao Paulo, there is, there is a group called in Sao Paulo, uh, it's called Artistas na Rua, and street artists. They do dialogue a lot with the mayor's office in Sao Paulo. And this uh, thing that it's happening in Paulista Avenue, Avenida, uh, Avenida Paulista in Sao Paulo, this is new. This is like from a couple of years ago. 
maybe four, five years ago, because six years ago you were not able to to play in Paulista Avenue without getting fined. You know? So people, what is the process? People submit the video and you curate them, you take everything. Yep. You keep it up everything. Every no, no. I they 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 send. I, I get a lot of uh, videos. I search a lot and get in touch with the musician. Or so it happens both ways. And then I film. And of course, there's a curation. You know, I, I, am, I am the last filter before sharing. Uh, but you know, cause sometimes technically the video is not interesting. But on the other hand, the fun part and the charm is about being raw. I don't like overproducer, you know. If overproducer, you don't feel the street, you know. Because the, uh, I think me as a follower, you know, <laughs> I like to travel around the world by watching the watch it sample, you know. And if you have like that, how do you say, vo voyeurism? Yeah, like you, like kind of, you feel like something that stolen image, like something happening that you feel like. There, you know, but it's not stolen. So, if an artist from, uh, say, Beijing uh, says, I want my stuff on DeepMap and sends you a, uh, a video, will you interact with that person? Yeah. And load it? Or yeah, for are sure. You, are you in any way advocating or uh, uh, seeking or sending out? Uh, do you have any process for trying to? Yes, uh, I, I try to power the social networks, you know, and I try to announce and try to, to, to yeah, to, to, to promote, to promote the, the research and the platform in different, different ways to, to people so the musicians can, can share new material with me and if they feel like it, they can, uh, uh, then I share. I always ask if they, they are cool to, to share, you know. And sometimes, uh, that's, that's, a, I, that's a fun anecdote, and I, I, I'm kind of proud. You know. uh, I just had to turn down one video. It was a cover. There was a couple of singers performing Kiss from Prince, and I got, a, I got an email from Prince, Prince's sister. From new power generation, she said, "You cannot upload a prince." And I said, "Really? It's two excellent singers, because they love prince." No, you can't. Then <laughs> there was the only one, and the, you know, uh, street music map. And, you know, they, there is no brand attached, so like it is a open data, you know. But sometimes these things happens, and this was. It was before, uh, and I'm, I love Prince, and uh, it was before uh, him passed away, and probably he he was one one of the the big ones that was always searching.
Yeah, that's, that's one of the best bar talks that we can have. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I totally agree. It's a, this damn duality, you know? It's like, do you sell your soul for the devil or not, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. It comes natural, like, what, what is glory, right? And uh, and and getting your um, getting a link for your um, thought. One of the most positive feedbacks that I get from street musicians, and for uh, at last but not least, they are musicians. Because sometimes oh, street musicians, oh, and then musicians. No, it's musicians. It's just a different stage, you know. It's a different platform, but they do the same thing. They are the same thing. And uh, but one of the most I interesting feedbacks is that people who go to, to the street to play because that's where they have the most honest feedback from the audience. Because if you stop by to listen to someone and you have another appointment, there's a connection. A connection is built. And, um, I heard from a lot of musicians that, oh, tomorrow I'm gonna try new material. Where? In the street. Because if someone pay attention, maybe I get, I, 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 I got a good riff, you know? If, the, if, if no one stops by, ah, maybe I need to work out a little more, you know? So that's the fun of it, you know? And, oh, sorry? I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Do you guys, would like to listen to some street musicians right now? Right now!